This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to see all of you tonight. Thank you for being here. I want to especially welcome all you that are watching online this evening. Glad you can be with us as well. Hallelujah. We've had quite a bit of activity here in the church in the last, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks. And uh, with our marriage uh, gathering and then, of course, uh, guest speaker Sunday. And let's see, we had our worship thing last Sunday or last Wednesday, and that was really good. And so, yeah, a lot of great things that have been going on here. It's, uh, you know, it's always... Um, you know, I remember when Joan and I, we first started the church and stuff, you know, you're always, uh, we, we consider it competing with all the things that people can and have. You know, when you have options, um, well, you've got to kind of pick and choose, you know what I'm saying? So when we first got started in ministry, uh, you know, people had options, but not near as many as they got now. And I mean, it just feels like that people are so, uh, well, uh, their lives are busy, let's put it that way. So sometimes you need to get off the uh, treadmill or that little wheel that the gerbil runs on and just say, you know what, I'm done with this, praise God, and be blessed. So anyway, y'all bring a Bible with you this evening, let's have a good Bible study together. We'll wind you up real tight, turn you loose on the world. How about that? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's start with 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to, uh, I'm actually, what I'm doing this evening, I want to kind of pick up and take off and uh, reiterate, pass and review, whatever it is that you want to call call it, just to talk to you about some things that you and I, I, these are things you know, but even like what Peter said, he said, even though you know them, I won't be negligent to put you in remembrance of them. How many of you know we have a tendency to forget? And so sometimes we just need to be reminded of what it is that uh, Christ has done uh, for us as believers, uh, because it helps us walk in the light of the promises that God has made to us. And so uh, that's my intent this evening. So that's what, that's what we're going to at least go after. So let's pray together, and we just uh, will commit this time that we have uh, to him. Father, thank you again for this uh, season in our lives, Father. You know, when the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy, he said that in the last days, perilous times would come because primarily men would be lovers of themselves, and we certainly see that these days. But yet, right on the other hand, Father God, there is a a beacon of light. It is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And she yet shines, and just as you said, the gates of hell will not prevail against her. So we thank you for this window of opportunity that we have, Father, to reach the world that is around us with the message of Jesus Christ. And so we just thank you, Father God, for the strength, uh, the encouragement, and Father, the the empowerment that comes uh, both from your word and from your presence within us. And we thank you, Father, for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like for you again to uh, rehearse with me 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If you'll notice here, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. One translation says a new creation. It says old things are passed away. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. 
And all these things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And then he went on in verse 20 to say, Then we now are then ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead to be reconciled to God. Now notice this last verse. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, what a game changer the new birth is. Being born again, being born of the Spirit of God. And you know, from that point forward within each and every one of our lives, God has met us, visited us, spoke with us, revealed his will to us, blessed us, changed our lives. Couldn't you all agree with that? Now, that is not to say, you know, that we don't have things that we're dealing with or whatever the case might be, but thank God for what it is he has done. So when we read this scripture that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation, and that old things have passed away and all things have become new, what that really means to you and I is simply this, that Jesus came and gave his life as a ransom for all of us. And, and as that sacrifice and as that ransom, he paid the penalties for our sin. And he substituted himself. You know, just as we read in that scripture, he who knew no sin was made to be sin. He became sin for us so that you and I could be made the righteousness of God, or we could say so that you and I could be justified in the sight of God. Now, again, that's such a game changer for us. Now, the thing you have to understand is, is that we live in this world, but we're not of the world. And not only that, but we also need to understand that there is the God of this world, who is, as the Bible describes him, the accuser of, not the sinner, He's the accuser of the what? Does anybody know? The brethren. Okay? And so, you know, what's important for us to recognize is, again, what it is Christ has done, the place he's put us in, and not to be ignorant of the devil's devices and to wage this warfare that we find ourselves to be in. You know, because, again, the Scripture says that even though you and I walk in the flesh, our our warfare is not in or of the flesh, but rather it's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's why it's so important for us to renew our minds to the Word of God. Are you listening to me? You know, again, when Paul was writing there in, in, uh, uh, in the letter to the Romans, he said, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, rational service. The Bible says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Therefore, glorify God in your body. God doesn't want you using your body for things that displease him. Are you listening to me? So he goes on to say, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. You have got to think different than what the world thinks. 
And the reality is, is that when Jesus went to the cross, died for the sins of the world, he promised that he would send another comforter, one of the same sort, to abide with you or in you forever, even the spirit of truth. See, there's a difference between the accuser of the brethren and the spirit of truth. Huh? Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive or accept because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him because he dwells with you, and thank God he's going to be in you. So you and I, redemptively, on this side of the cross, have the privilege of having the very presence of God indwelling us, not only to empower us to live a life of fruitfulness and not only uh, victory, but also so that, praise God, he can teach us, he can lead us, he can guide us, he can show us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, you know, along with that, of course, like I said, even though we're in the world, we're not of the world, but the world's there, and it has the potential, at least, of influencing. You know, the devil doesn't care. Sin doesn't care whether you're a sinner or a saint. It's all designed to take people to hell. That's why the Bible tells us that we're to resist the devil and he will flee. In other words, when we say no, but you can't, you can't say no and you can't resist the devil if you don't know the place or the position that God has placed you in. Does that make any sense to you? You know, because a lot of theology out there in the world, unfortunately, in Christendom, you know, within the, the, the ranks of the church, a lot of it's a bunch of junk because it, it propagates weakness and um, abdication, uh, fatalistic attitudes. You know, well, I guess if this is just the way it's supposed to be, then that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, you can't find that in the Bible. But nevertheless, a lot of people, you know, they embrace these things. And so, for lack of a better way of saying it, hell walks all over them and, uh, and their lives end up being a mess. You are the one. You hold the keys. You have the reins with regard to the direction and the destiny of your life in Christ Jesus. Are you listening to me? I was just recently, who was it? Well, I guess it was uh, Caleb when he was preaching on Sunday, you know, about how, you know, people will often leave, everything's in, leave everything in the hands of God instead of recognizing, dude, you got a part to play. Huh? We all have a part to play. So we come back to this most important point that if any man is in Christ... How many of you are in Christ? If any man, don't make no difference, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah. Isn't that a good word? Now look with me in Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at another verse of Scripture here that <clears throat> reveals to us a most important truth uh, that we as believers really need to know and understand. Notice with me here in Galatians, uh, Paul is writing. And um, let's, let's read verse 13. Christ has redeemed us. Now the King James says hath, but he has redeemed us. Now that's important because we need to know where we are on this timeline. And what he's doing is he's telling us that this is something that is, as believers, a past tense reality. Christ has redeemed us. He's not going to. 
You know, praise God, one of the greatest things that you can ever say or confess or declare or whatever is, is that I am redeemed. I'm not going to be redeemed. I am redeemed. Now, a lot of people would, you know, argue the point and they'd say, well, you know, if you're so redeemed, you sure don't look like it. You know, you got this mission, you got that mission, you don't, whatever, whatever, whatever. None of that matters in the context of what it is that God says about you. See, when you and I begin to believe what the Bible says, then, you know, it isn't going to be very long before you begin to experience what the Bible says. But a lot of folk, you know, they look at their lives from, you know, uh, what isn't happening instead of what's already been done. Does that make sense to you? So when he says Christ has redeemed us, everybody say, I'm redeemed. Yeah, Christ has redeemed us from what? From the curse of the law, being made a curse for it, for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs upon a tree. And then it goes on to say, and the reason why is so that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles, you and I, you know, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ Jesus, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So there's amazing things that God has done. But what you and I have to realize is, is there's a place, a position that he has placed us in, in Christ, so that we can live out our lives in a way. You say, well, how does that work? I mean, what's, how is that practical in the, you know, everyday, everyday nitty-gritty, rough-and-tumble kind of thing that I got going on in my life? Well, so, you know, when worry, anxiety, and fear come your way, thank God you can say, I've been redeemed. See, why? Because God's not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So you don't have to be dominated by fear, worry, and anxiety. Now, you may have to put up a fight, huh? Come on. You know, but yet right on the other hand, you know, it's not something that can have a place unless you give it. Isn't that good? I like that. So you can lay your head on a pillow at night and say, Father, I just want to thank you. Praise God. You are my peace. And you have everything well in control where my life is concerned. You know, or you may be experiencing, you know, disappointment, discouragement, despair, all the other D words that are, you know, in the dictionary. But the reality is, is that Christ redeemed us from that so that, praise God, we don't have to be discouraged, but we can be encouraged. Huh? Yeah, that we don't despair of life, but we have great hope. So, so the thing is, is that, again, you know, when these things come our way, we have to, you know, have the foundational truths of the Word of God to be able to say, no, this is not for me. This is not me because I'm a new creation. I've been redeemed, and thank God I've been set free. Are you with me? So, you know, in, in, and in thinking about that, especially in the context of these scriptures, it's just so important for us to, to let these truths, you know, just you need to marinate yourself in these things and allow them just to imbue your being, your soul, so that, praise God, you know, when you do have these battles to fight, you can do it victoriously. I tell you, I was never so glad when I was a kid and I got saved at 19 to find out these truths or at least begin to find them out, that I didn't have to live defeated, that I could be victorious, I could be happy, I could actually have an abundant life 
You know, that God, when he sent Jesus to the cross, he took the curse from me of poverty, sickness, and spiritual death so that I could have life. Hallelujah. And you'd be surprised how many people, even in the church world, a bunch of naysayers, well, I can't be what it means. Well, why can't it? You know, I mean, it's so unfortunate that in the Christian world, there are always people somewhere that crop up and say, well, that's not what the Bible means. That's not what it says. That's not, you know, whatever. You know, but sometimes some of the things that are in the Word of God are just as plain as your nose on the front of your face. Are you listening to me? Beloved, I wish and pray and desire above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. That's a powerful scripture. But somehow or another, people will, you know, explain it away. You know. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be made rich. Well, what does that mean? That means that you have a full supply of whatever it is that you need to do whatever it is he's called you to do. And when you got four little beaters running around or whatever, guess what? Inflation affects that. And you need money. Okay, let's just get down to where the rubber meets the road. Well, he said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, God knew that in 2021 and 2 that people were going to do some stupid things. And yet, praise God, he also said, I'll, I'll care for you. Cast all of your care onto me because I care for you. Now, we have our part to play, naturally, yes. But on the other hand, at least you can run into that thing headlong, you know, with the full force of knowing that God has promised to take care of you. Are you listening to me? So he's redeemed us, and we can be thankful for that. Can you say amen? So he says here that Christ has redeemed us so that the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles um, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You know, um, we're coming into this season, and, and you remember that Jesus, when he was with his disciples before his uh, suffering, he instituted what we refer to as the Lord's Supper. And he made this statement, he said, this do in remembrance of me. This do in remembrance of me. And, and the reason I bring that up to you this evening is, is that God is always and has been in the habit uh, uh, of having men establish memorials or reminders of significant encounters and defining moments in their relationship with him. Why? Because he doesn't want you to forget it. Now, let's just do this for fun. I mean, you know, it's 738 and it might be kind of interesting. Can, would any of you be comfortable with just sharing a defining moment in your life, an encounter that is undeniably God that you had in your life that really changed, I mean, outside of salvation, something else, you know, a revelation or whatever it is that you may have had uh, or he had given to you that was, was a real game changer? Anybody got the courage to say, I can share something? All right. Uh, Josh, I'm going to uh, gonna get this rig. Got this. Uh, uh, you're not going to preach, are you? Okay, good. <laughs> I know you. Um, I had an experience, I think it was 2018, actually. And um, I went to a conference. This is after being filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Lord was showing me some stuff. And I went to a conference in Waterloo, Iowa, on the other side of Iowa. And... Uh, 
I was really nervous because it was a guy who was like, we're gonna pray for the sick, we're gonna go out in the streets, and we're gonna do this stuff. It's Todd White, if you, if you know his name. That's who it was, and I went there, and I remember I just took my dog. I went up, they, they wanted groups of two, but I was that guy like, me and the Holy Ghost are enough, we can do this. So I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna go out just with my dog and see if I can encounter anybody, talk to somebody, and see if they, you know, if I can pray for them. And it was like midnight, and I was sitting on this bench, just pet my dog, and this lady comes out and sits on the um, bench down from me. And I was thinking, oh, it's kind of late at night for her to be out here. And so I just said, can't sleep? That's what I said. I, I, don't, I don't know why I said that. I just was like, that's what came out. And um, she said, you know, actually, I can't sleep. I, I was on my cell phone earlier today, and the phone blew up on my face and caused radiation in my face and my jaw's been hurting like constantly and my hair's even starting to fall out and she was pulling some hair out of her head that was coming off of her face and I was like oh wow you know and so I remember going okay well inside I had to do a check and I was like well Jesus you want to heal everybody so this is an opportunity this is like a setup and so I was like well you know what can I can I pray for you and she's like that's fine and I laid my hand on the side of her face, and I just, it was like five seconds, face be healed in Jesus' name. And um, I backed off, and I was like, okay, just check your face, you know. And I, I was, that was a bold moment for me, because usually I'm just like, all right, God bless you, have a great day, and you just run away. But like, I was like, I felt like I needed this. These guys have been telling us, hey, ask him to check. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it. So I asked her to check, and she, I'll never forget, it changed my life, because she looked at me, and she said, no way. She's like, you got to be kidding me and starts moving her face and she can't find any pain in her face at all. And then she's this beautiful black lady. And then she starts singing this gospel song and she had a beautiful voice. I'm like, this is a whole like angelic setup going on. So her face got healed. And then from that moment on, I just knew like Jesus Christ is inside of us. We're called to be his body and lay hands on the sick. And I'm going after this thing. So it changed my life. And that's an encounter. That's awesome. That is really good, Josh. Amen. Amen. All right, anybody else? Defining moment. Maybe it happened, you know, in his situation, it was ministry to someone, and that certainly, but anybody else, you know, there's something really defining about your life. Patty, okay? You don't have to stand up like your son-in-law did, but you, you do have to use this so everybody can hear you. Yeah. I just got a real quick one. I suffered from allergies from the time I was 12, 13, 14, all the way up until this defining moment and I was out for a bike ride and this was probably probably maybe I don't know nine ten years ago and I was out for a bike ride and I just dealt with allergies no big deal I just deal with it so I was out for a bike ride on the highway and I came back and I came back from my bike ride quick because my eyes were so swelled shut it was a a day when the pollen count was higher whatever and so my eyes were so swelled shut I could hardly see and our daughter Rachel was home and she said why are you suffering from allergies? And I'm like, I don't know, I just had them forever. I just suffer from allergies. Why? We're going to pray for that right now. And she laid hands on my eyes, and I have never had allergies since then. Never. Never. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, we got time for one more. Anybody else? Something that's just, you know, I mean, obvious. Okay. When we went to Lebanon, um, the one night they said we all had to share at this church, and it was the youth night, and I'm going, okay. And they go, share something about healing. And the more I prayed about it, I'm going, no, I need to share how I felt and how 
when I was in high school and wanted to kill myself because I thought nobody loved me, you know. And I shared that, and it was awesome. It changed the whole atmosphere in that room mm -hmm. because they were kind of rowdy. They were teenagers, you know, and they just got quiet, and it changed the whole atmosphere, and it was so neat. Praise God. And I think 27 of the youth got saved that night. 27 in yeah. Lebanon? Yeah. Wow, that's terrific. Them are Muslims. Oh, wow. Yeah, praise God. Well, let's rejoice in that. Amen, shall we? Amen. All right. Anybody else? She was brief. Do one more. Something happened. Jo uh, Josh, Rusty. Okay. Yeah, no problem. This is this is more like financial, um, but whenever Angie and I were newlyweds, every literally every time we would get like a tax return or whatever, it was always taken from us, primarily with hospital bills. And uh, we, we, we joined a church here and we, we, you know, it was, obviously we weren't tithers before we were part of the church. Sure. But, you know, I can tell you that whenever we made the decision to start uh, tithing, um, we never lost a, uh, a tax return. After that, I mean, it's been twenty-some years, you know, and and it was stopped having kids too, but uh, you know. But anyways, um, and and it's still it's it's super cool, but um, you know, just the faithfulness in that area. I could go back and uh, part of this is gonna like tattle on me, so you know, don't judge me or whatever. But we uh, never this, do that. This uh, <laughs> this last Christmas. Um, I get, so I get a bonus check at the at the bank, and I'm looking at it. And, you know, you just things kind of pile up that time of the year. And I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm at my desk at at the bank, and I'm like, you know, man, I, this is a big. Well, to me, it was a big bonus check, and I'm thinking, man, I really need this money. And then I'm, you know, and I'm saying, okay, well, you need to get you, you need to give part of that to God. Yeah. And for a second, I'm sitting there at my desk, and I'm thinking. Oh, you know, I'd kind of like to put that in my account. But I grabbed my phone, and I thought, you know what? I knew what I, I was supposed to do with it. And I knew what was right, and it's, you know. Sure. And so I grabbed my, uh, grabbed my phone, and I hit the text to give rather than waiting to just, like, type the amount, hit send, and toss my phone on my desk. And literally within uh, about eight hours, um, the amount that I gave was I had a check in my hand for 10 times that within eight hours. <laughs> so, you know, and it was, I don't know, it was pretty cool. So, That's really anyway. cool. <laughs> Amen. You passed the test. Yeah, let's rejoice together. Amen. You know, and, and the reason I bring these things up to all of you is, is that if we took time, all of you could probably, you know, um, rehearse something that has occurred within your life. And, and the reason I, that uh, I had them share is, is I don't want you to forget those things. You know, you, I mean, when you have an encounter, it's kind of like Jacob, he said, man, surely God is in this place and I didn't even know it. You know, and there have been times in your life where God has come and done things for you. You know, and thank God Rusty passed the test. You know, it was a test. You know, and, and it's so like, 
human nature, if you want to call it that, to want to pause and say, wow, what I could do with this if I didn't blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. You know, when you talked about the whole tithing thing in the beginning, what does the Bible say? It says, bring your tithes into the storehouse. What will I do? I will rebuke the devourer for your sake and command your bless, or my blessing in your storehouses. So here's a man and his wife, along with their family, that are on this 20-year-old journey. And, you know, he does this here, but he's setting the stage for what he just got done talking about that happened last Christmas or whenever it was. You, you, you with me? And so, <clears throat> but <clears throat> again, I share these things with you because, you know, if you haven't journaled them or put them down, you ought to take some time and just reflect on those, those things that God has done. You know, one time, Joan and I, I'll just share this quick, you know, we were... Um, in our particular situation at the time, we were living by designation uh, from the church. In other words, you as a congregant, if you want to designate something to us, you, uh, you know, a portion or whatever of your, your tithes or your offerings, you could. Otherwise, it all went in the general account. And it was really, a, I think more than anything, it was a, uh, I wouldn't call it a test, but it was a test, you know, for us to trust God. We did that for 23 years. Well, we got into one of those lean times. Have you ever been in one of them lean times? Sure. Well, and so, you know, when, when you get in a lean time, it's amazing how much praying you end up doing, you know. You get before God and, you know, tell him how wonderful he is. <laughs> are, you, are you listening to me? Well, so what ended up happening is, is the uh, grain elevator called us. And uh, I never get a call from grain elevator because, after all, I am a preacher. And they said, uh, somebody anonymous has drove across a scale with, I think it was a wagon load of corn. And uh, they said that uh, they wanted it to go to you, so we're just calling you, you know, where do you want us to send the check? I said, send it to my house. Better yet, I'll come and get it, <laughs> you know. And uh, <clears throat> so those are times in our lives when we see the grace of God a very unexpected kind of source, you know, in which God and, and, um, can do these kinds of things. And, um, you know, um, so I, I say again all of those things uh, for you to remind yourself of those defining moments within your lives when encounters took place and God melted your heart and showed you this, or did this, or whatever it is that, that happened, because, because they mean something, and they're of huge value, because then you can go back. That's exactly what David did. You know, when Saul said there was no way he was going to be able to kill Goliath, he said, he said, O king, he says, listen, uh, I was out there taking care of my father's sheep, and there was a bear one time, there was a lion in another. He said, that uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like them. What did he do? He reminded himself of past victories. And sometimes you need to do that. You know, God's not unfaithful. You know, sometimes we think, well, God, where are you? Well, he, he's, he hasn't changed. He's just looking for us to believe him and trust him. Can you say amen? So again, God was you know, in the habit of doing this with the nation of Israel, with people. And I just, uh, I want to, uh, I want you to think about that because he doesn't want us to forget those times of, you know, his being in our life and how easy, how easily and quickly we forget 
Are you with me? Here's a couple of scriptures. Uh, this one's in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to those things which we've heard or experienced, lest at any time we should let them slip. You know, another one says, But call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. In other words, you remember what it was like when you first got saved? You were nuts, man. It was great. Fanatical, but happy. Amen? Another one says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Yes, I think it's proper, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And then another one says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. So, you know, here we come into this season right now of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You know, and, and with that, we, you know, we, we naturally think of the sufferings of Christ, what it is that he endured at the hands of sinful men for us, for you, me. Hallelujah. And then it goes on, you know, as we look closer to that, we also realize the hidden price that Jesus literally, uh, you know, his becoming sin for us. You know, in the book of Isaiah 52, I think it's in verse 14, when sin and the curse came on Christ, he was unrecognizable as a man. You know, remember when they were going to go out, you know, they didn't, uh, the Sabbath was coming up and they, they didn't want him hanging out there, you know, early, so they were going to go out and break his legs. He was already dead. He'd already died. And the reason was is that he became sin for us so that we could be justified and made righteous in him. So I, I want to encourage you to uh, not only celebrate it, but, but defend it, if that's the right word to use, where your life is concerned. Because your life isn't your own. You belong to him. So whenever hell shows up, you can just say, I'm washed in the blood, and Jesus purchased me with his blood so that I could be a part of the kingdom of God and the family of God. And so thinking about what it is that he did, I mean, a lot of people, you know, you'll see him, they'll, they'll accentuate his, his physical death and crucifixion, and yes, it, it is horrible, you know, but many others had been crucified before too. It, the, the physical aspects of his suffering is certainly one part of it, but what we don't realize is the spiritual part of what it is when God turned his face from him and he said, God, why have you forsaken me? Because he died for us spiritually, he died physically, but thank God he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, amen? And so it's important for us to remember these things and understand that he paid this price so that you and I could literally be purchased by his blood so that we could be free, Amen. And the, and the thing of it is, I guess tonight as we come to a close here this evening is just to realize, you know, there's some doctrines that, they're doctrines of devils. They're doctrines from hell that put people in bondage. You know, and that's what Paul, you know, was writing about, you know, and, and because there is a grace that's been extended to us as humanity or mankind so that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. 
And it's because of that grace that you and I have the privilege to be called the sons of God. Are you with me? Now, now his grace is not a license to sin. And yet there's theology and there's doctrine, you know, that says, well, you know, your sins have been forgiven past, present, and future. And, and I suppose to some degree that is true, but that doesn't mean you can just go out and do whatever you want because after all, we've been forgiven. And yet people are preaching it. And it is jacking up a whole bunch of people's lives, huh? Paul said it this way. He said, what in the world? He says, shall we continue in sin that, God, you know, that grace might abound? He said, God forbid, how shall we that have died to sin live any longer therein? So his grace is not a license for you to do whatever you want. Are you with me? And yet again, because of that, we've got sin in the church. We've got people doing goofed up things, you know. And not only that, but, you know, uh, well, I don't even need to get into that because then I'd probably have to repent afterwards, praise the Lord. And that wouldn't be good, amen? So aren't you glad tonight that he's redeemed us, amen? Amen. Let me read one more scripture with you before we close here, and that's Galatians 2.20. It says that I am crucified with Christ. Notice it up here. I have been crucified crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I have been, you have been crucified with him. That just means that the old man and all that was went to that cross, got nailed up there, and he made you a new creation in Christ. So let's learn what that new creation looks like and how that new creation is supposed to act and believe and live and love and do, praise God, what it is that he asks us to do. Now, understand, I realize that, you know, sometimes that's not always the easiest thing to do, you know, because, again, we're living in this world. But I'm telling you what, it is an honor for us to live acceptably before him and to do his bidding. Can you say amen? Amen. So hopefully this will be an encouragement to you as we come into this again, uh, holiday season of the resurrection of Christ and, you know, his triumphal entry that, you know, when he came into Jerusalem again, you know, um, same kind of deal, you know, on the surface, everybody was heralding, here comes the King, you know, Hosanna and, you know, so on and so forth. But what we don't realize is, is probably a few, well, at least short days, if not hours, uh, there was another angry mob that was going to take his life from him and crucify him. You know, so what do they do? They watch him go to the cross, and they watch him get crucified. And why? Because they wanted to get rid of a problem, because they hated him. But that's not what God, the Father, seen at all. You know, here's these men, they're taking his life, but he was actually going to that cross for you and me so we could be here tonight and rejoice in his goodness. Aren't you glad for that? Praise God. Why don't you just stand with me? We've went long enough. I mean, I can't remember the last time I actually stopped before 8 o'clock, but it's good, right? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for our time tonight. And I, I'm so grateful for the testimony uh, that these um, men and women have shared with us about encounters that they have had with you, defining moments, significant things 
that have taken place in their lives that will, that will rest with them for a lifetime. And Father God, I pray that each and every one of them, along with all the rest who could have spoken, that Father, we will take time to pause and to rejoice in your goodness and your mercy. Help us, Father, to be mindful, to, to honor you with our lives and how it is you would have us to live. And God, I just thank you for the precious people that, that make this church their home. God, we pray for our church. We pray for those that have, you know, come to attend. And Father, we're praying that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened to know the hope of your calling, the riches of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. And I just thank you, Father God, for helping these men and women along with their families and their homes and their children. Father, to live honorably and, and respectably before you, that they will take courage and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you, Father, for strengthening their resolve, giving them what they need to fortify themselves in their inner man. And that, God, that they'll be bright and shining lights in this world. And that men and women will be attracted to that light to want to know what it is they have so that they can experience it as well. We thank you, Lord God, for moving in our midst. We thank you, Father God, for healing men and women making them whole as a result of hearing and knowing the truth. And God, we just thank you. Thank you so very much. God, guide us in our giving. Tonight, as we receive our offering, I just want to thank you, Father God, for these men and women and their generosity toward the church. And we thank you, Father, that we'll use those, those monies uh, as good stewards to continue on doing what it is that we're doing. And Father, I just thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise God. You may be seated. I'll give you an opportunity to just prepare your...